Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. And this is episode number seven uh, with Mia Moore. Um, really great conversation. Really dig into uh, Mia's path and her journey and all the other projects that she has going on. Uh, sort of like it all coalesces together, you know, how she got to be where she is today and how kind of everything fits into her life. Um, and just like with the previous episode with Megan, um, sort of how our creative pursuits and different things that we're into changes and evolved over time and kind of our relationship with them. So really appreciated that and just kind of exploring that idea a little bit more. But uh, as always, all the stuff that we talk about uh, will be down in the show notes. Uh, but really great conversation. Really appreciate Mia's time. Uh, and after this brief message from our sponsor, this will be episode number seven with Mia Moore. It's an honor to have our good friends at SwiftKick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention Higher Ed Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out at swiftkickhq.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Glad we could finally make this work and get a get a time nailed down because I know you've been uh, out and about here. So I appreciate you. Uh, oh my gosh, it's been crazy. Yeah. I swear I'm not usually this exciting. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, was it just sort of like lucky that you, you know you sort of had all that around the same time? Like I guess you uh, did you plan that? Yeah, I guess it was just sort of happenstance. It was yeah, it was basically happenstance. Um, like work sent me on this trip to Japan last minute, and that happened to be right after. Um, I had just went to Disney for my best friend getting engaged, uh, Liz, you know, Liz. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I knew she was going to get engaged there. So I had to go to that. And then before all that, like months and months ago, I planned this trip to Seattle right before it. So they just ended up being like, bang, 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 back to back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, I need to be home and sleep in my own bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It always gets that way at a certain point. It's like, yes, this is fun, but like, you know, like I want all my things and I want to sleep in my own bed and like, uh, have a schedule. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I didn't like it. I can imagine at a certain point it's like, okay, if I have to travel, like, let me just do it all in one month. And then it's like, you know, I could just be like, okay, people like no social, you know, like obligations in like this one month or something. So I'll just be like everywhere else. But um, yeah, I mean, that all sounds like it's all it's all good stuff. So um, yeah, I can't complain. Yeah. Right. But it, it was definitely um, I, I, I know there's people at my job that just travel constantly and I do not know how they do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause yeah, I think I'm like, I would be okay traveling like a little bit more, but yeah, I think it, I get pretty, uh, yeah, like I want, want my stuff and just like, yeah, routine and just like that, like knowing where everything is. Cause like, like when I've moved like yeah. every couple of years and it's just like, I realize I have a difficulty with that at, at times, like more than I think is very conscious for me. So it's like, like, yeah, just having like, you know, that comfort of just like, you know, like your favorite places to you know to get stuff or whatever um so uh yeah yeah exactly and just you know being able to rest because it feels like when you're out somewhere special you have to go 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 the whole time so that you don't waste it Mm -hmm. and i'm very much a homebody in my day-to-day so it's a big adjustment yeah um well do you have anything like for the holidays coming up too i guess i don't know if it's like a short reprieve yeah, um, luckily we don't have to go super far. Um, all our family is in Texas, so um, 
we are doing one Thanksgiving here and then one in Houston. And then I don't know where Christmas is going to be yet. Definitely one in Austin and then maybe one either in Houston or Dallas, depending on who's hosting. So that's not too bad. That's all like a three hour drive from Austin. So mm. I can handle that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because now we're, we're uh, closer, like my wife's family and like a lot of our friends are in New Jersey, which is like a three hour drive from where we are right outside of D.C. So then we'll be a little bit closer because we're moving to Baltimore soon. So. Oh, um, cool. But, yeah. I am looking forward to that, but um, yeah, I mean, I uh, again, I just appreciate you uh, making time here because I am very curious to hear a bit more about your journey. And I guess I'll say, you know, with uh, some of the the geeky pursuits that you've had, uh, I went back and I listened to because um, I hadn't really like dug into it deeply, but I wanted to like really try to get a flavor for it. Um, and I feel like I got like the heart of your fake goth girls podcast because I listened to the first episode. <laughs> And then oh when my we had started God. talking, I listened to like one of the more recent episodes, but I think there's just like the heart and the core uh, to your credit, I feel like is the same. Just like it's the kind of conversations that I feel like I have with people in my life, you know, sort of just about the things that matter and the things that we're into and just like uh, that sort of thing. So sort of like kudos uh, to that, to keeping that, keeping that spirit going. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to hear kind of like, you know, just like your day job and how these other things came to be, how all that kind of connects with your personal journey. So if you want to start with just an introduction of who you are and how you got to be where you are today. <laughs> yeah, that's a big question. Um, so my name is Mia Moore. Um, by day, I'm a marketer. I work at IBM. Uh, you know, you might have heard of it, little company. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, by night, I, I don't know, do all kinds of online content creation stuff. I have a blog. Um, I dabble in YouTube occasionally. Um, I have a podcast that comes out once a week called Fake Goth Girls. Uh, and then I also um, have other sort of pursuits like cosplay and um, I'm teaching myself to knit because I don't have enough hobbies, I guess, um, and things like that. But I like uh, I like always doing side projects um, in my spare time. And I, I feel like this is where I should also mention, since it's relevant, that um, I have an MBA in digital media management, which is what got me to where I am um, professionally. Mm. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, how did that fit into your journey? Because I know I've had some people in like, uh, my journey of like going for a higher ed degree and seeking out that kind of professional credential. I did it like right out of undergrad, I guess. Like what was that path for you? Like, did it take you time to figure out like what you wanted to do for that kind of like professional specialization? Um, yeah, actually my path was really similar to yours. Um, when I graduated undergrad, so I went to the university of Texas at Dallas, um, for three years, I graduated a year early and, um, I couldn't really find a degree that, exactly fit what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do digital marketing, um, which that took me a year and a half to decide. So I really only had a year and a half left of my school to actually learn any of that. Um, but most of the degrees, there was like one called uh, Emerging Media and Communications. And I feel like probably now that's a little closer to what I wanted, but it was very much like um, new media journalism, but not really marketing. And I wanted that, that business background, but I also didn't want to go into the marketing major because it was very old fashioned. It didn't feel like they had a lot of social media in there, which I guess is even bigger now than it was then. But I was like, it's wild to me that there's mm. no social media in the curriculum. So I smashed together my own degree, um, in, I guess it's like a interdisciplinary studies degree, but then I got to pick my own like major and mine was digital marketing. And while I was doing all this and I was like, I love my cobbled together education. I think I'm taking some really good classes. I'm getting all the business parts of business school without the accounting. Like I love that. And I'm getting the fun parts of the emerging media program without 
purely just talking about, I don't know, uh, like really interesting uh, in-depth conversations about how Twitter is impacting our society, which aren't really helpful to like a career. And I'm mm -hmm. the kind of person that needs like a tangible, like here's a piece of paper saying I'm really smart and then I can prove to you I can do the thing. Um, so the whole time I was thinking, you know, I like what I'm learning, but I'm really concerned about not feeling qualified enough. Um, initially, I wanted to do an English major, uh, but the reason I switched off that is, number one, I was in high school during the recession, and I was basically hammered into me, like, don't major in something, like, quote-unquote useless. So I had all these, you know, ideas. I knew it wasn't useless, but it was one of those things where you have to build the value proposition for yourself. Uh, and I just didn't, that's not my personality. So I was like, okay, I want something that I feel like, okay, I had a tangible education that you already know the value of. I don't have to prove it to you. Um, so that's how I ended up in marketing. And I realized too, if I was on my current path and I was going to graduate early, I was going to graduate undergrad at 20 years old. And I didn't know a lot of companies that would take me as seriously as I thought they should uh, at that age. So I started looking into higher education and I knew I wanted to move to Austin. My now fiance, then boyfriend, uh, already lived here. And I found a program at St. Edwards University for an MBA in digital media management. And I was like, well, this is what I wanted my degree to be in the first place. So I applied to that. I got in and, you know, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's a, yeah, it's an interesting path of just like, yeah, because I think um, it's kind of like on a broader point of like, because uh, yeah, a lot of the, the higher ed zeitgeist now, like a certain sect of it is all this sort of like, existential crisis of like where does a liberal arts degree kind of exist now you know like how does that fit in how is it useful like what purpose does it have and like you're saying it i think for a certain person it can work perfectly especially if you're at a place where like you design your own but then you're really creating that value proposition for yourself versus what i think is equally fine like the path that you kind of went on a like professional degree and like a more applied practical you know sort of credential was more uh meaningful for you versus like yeah you almost having to like continually explain like well you know i majored in this and that means like i can do this well or whatever it's like you got tangible skills that you could take with you anywhere um, in your chosen field of uh, studying your professional industry um and all that so um yeah and that's what you know as someone who works in the higher ed space yeah that's what we would we would hope for all of our students you know uh, however again it all kind of takes shape for them that they find that kind of that path and the the way that they're it sounds like for you, um, sort of your, your strengths and your interests kind of align. And that's kind of what I also want to highlight with this podcast is talking to people to, you know, kind of find those the spaces for themselves. So I have kind of two questions, because I guess, you know, with the things that you do on the side, I want to explore that a little bit and how you feel like that kind of fits in for you. But like, you know, with what you do now, um, you know, like, what do you enjoy most about that? That kind of keeps compelling you to, to come back and, you know, um, yeah, like just what, what do you enjoy most about it and why? Yeah, like in, in my professional work, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll start there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm a content developer. That means a lot of what I do is writing. And that was a really natural fit for me. Um, any marketing jobs that I've had, you know, while I was still getting my degree or shortly after, um, I tended to be kind of like a jack of all trades. Like I did a lot of freelance and contract work. So I would jump into a company for a couple months, teach them how to do marketing, set them up with a plan, and then jump back, back out. Um, and that was usually people that, I don't know, it was like four or five people in a company, like really small businesses or um, things that would give me a, a chance, basically, because I was, well, when I graduated with my MBA, I was 20, 
22? Yeah, 22. So still pretty young, um, you know, still wet behind the ears, that kind of thing. So I felt like a lot of people were like, yeah, you have an MBA, but now you don't have professional experience. So the people that would give me a chance are, you know, startups and small businesses and uh, things that would give me an internship position, stuff like that. Um, so working at IBM, which is the polar opposite of what I was doing directly before this, um, is really interesting because you have the room for people to be specialized. So instead of me having to come in and take over all of marketing for even just a specific product, everything's very segmented and you work on a lot of teams. So uh, coming in, that was really foreign because I wanted to control everything. But I actually really like the ease of being able to do the part that I've always felt I was really good at naturally, which is writing, um, coming up with really compelling content. And uh, in my role in particular, I'm on sales enablement. So that means connecting a lot of marketing with sales where they don't always necessarily talk to each other, especially mm -hmm. in a company that large. Um, and that's really fun. So that's kind of nice. And the other cool thing about IBM that is probably true of similar sized companies is you're not expected to stay in the same job or even the same sort of career path forever. So I've already changed uh, roles once at IBM um, where I was content marketing for like a specific um, industry. Now I'm over all of sales enablement, which is a little bit different. Um, and if I wanted to pivot in the future and say, okay, you know what? I wanna go back to digital strategy. I could do that. That's feasibly a thing I could do. And there's no like, weird shame about it. It's just kind of an expected part of your journey in the company. So if people that have been there for 20 plus years, they probably had a number of titles. It seems like people change every two-ish years. So I like that because it's like constant growth opportunities and constant opportunities to explore areas that might be interesting to me because I'm, I'm not sure that I think it's realistic to stay in the exact same path your whole career. Uh -huh. And then also um, with the big company, there's all these opportunities that just aren't there at a smaller company like lunch and learns where we'll bring in like people from Google or people from other vendors that we use um, like agencies and things like that. And they'll talk about marketing trends and stuff like that. That's nothing like when I was working remote for a company in Seattle, like and I'm here in Austin, like that would never happen. Right. So it's just completely different um, on that scale. And I think there's just always something happening. So it brings me back. And, and, and at the end of the day, uh, even if all that other stuff wasn't there, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy um, being able to write on a daily basis. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm definitely getting a taste of that now. Like it's certainly not the same scale, but just those sort of things of uh, yeah, working at like a, a larger organization, um, even like just internally, you can learn from the people that are around you and just kind of um, learn and grow in the sense of, yeah, if you kind of bounce around and you're still... Um, kind of in the same neighborhood, but you're getting insights into other things. And, you know, it can all kind of be sort of a, a kind of a symbiotic relationship. Like you might be, you, yeah. you're giving new insights to something else if you move on to a different role and you're getting something because you're doing something different and it can keep you engaged because, yeah, you're not just kind of uh, sitting in your own little like bubble for too long. You kind of, you know, keeps things uh, dynamic. So, um, yeah. That's yeah, cool. and I think it's a good way to keep like each each team and each role and the stuff that you're producing really fresh too, because I think uh, I've seen it where if you're in the same exact role for a long time, it just gets kind of stale. Mm -hmm. So I think especially in a world that's kind of fast moving, like marketing, especially in digital marketing, that that's a really good thing. So I, I love that that's, that's just kind of built into it and that's kind of part of it. And 
Also, the one thing I didn't mention that I super love that I, you never have at a small company is uh, so many resources for help. Like you need something, you have benefits. You need something, uh, a question answered, there's probably like 100 people on your floor that know the answer. And that is something, again, completely foreign, had no idea that that was uh, even out there, I guess. I just never really thought about it. I used to use like Facebook groups for digital marketing professionals and things like that, like LinkedIn groups. And now I just have that built into my company, which is really neat. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've realized, I think some people think that like, is, yeah, I think early phase startup stuff kind of has this like sexy, cool aura around it that like, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I should be a part of that. Or like, I'm envious of people who are a part of that. But I think different personalities for people or even like different life stages of what you may be looking for. It's like, sometimes there's like in my brain, like three larger chunks of like, if you want something early phase and you're just kind of, you know, it's fast moving, you're creating things and yeah, you kind of have to like hustle to find answers and, you know, try to, uh, you know, kind of scrounge them up where you can. Or if like, cause I feel like we're, my company is now is that we have been around for like 10 years. We're really hitting our stride. We're kind of like, setting norms and standardizing um and then but it like, takes 10 years <laughs> yeah i mean like we got that you know and we're kind of gonna be, you know be in this phase probably for another decade or whatever and then like you know something like ibm obviously like if you were to work at this like really large you know large you know venerable brand uh like that's gonna be something that comes with like like you're saying like awesome resources it's gonna be something that's a little bit more stable um and uh like you can like you're saying like specialize in um what you're doing more so than like having to be the the master of all like you can be like i'm really good at this thing and i'm going to keep doing that um so yeah it's interesting. like you can be like oh i want to do this now or i love doing that so i'm going to like once this startup has passed its initial phase i'm now kind of getting bored of it i want to go to the next startup and like create that and launch that now it's stable i'm kind of like over it like some people i think cycle through the same kind of phase repeatedly or uh you know may like at different stages in their life go to be like, Oh, I want something that's a little bit more, you know, stable or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it's a balance though, because you know, with having a bigger company change doesn't get pushed through as fast. Whereas if you're at a startup, especially early stage, like things are constantly changing and constantly moving. So if that's an environment that you thrive in, you're going to hate it at a big company where everything is just so, uh, it takes so long to get through the system. And so it's a balance between those two because there's advantages to each. And there's certain things that I miss, like, um, you know, sometimes if someone on my team who's responsible for something that I know how to do too, and I'm like, well, I think we should do it a different way, but that's not my job anymore. My job's not to do it all. Uh, it can be really hard um, yeah. to just kind of back off and be like, okay, not my, not my problem, not my job. Like they're gonna do just fine. You just think you know a better way because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just, uh, I don't know. I can see myself going back to a smaller company in the future and I can see myself liking it, but I might, be too accustomed to some of the comforts that come with a bigger company so yeah yeah and yeah you just kind of go where the wind takes you and uh you know see what happens and um so yeah i mean that's, that's a really good like really cool oversight of you know sort of your day job and then like you have all these other cool things that you do so <laughs> um yeah i guess some of that is you know those are things that you know the other segueing to the other question i want to ask of like what you geek out about and like have you always been into it so i guess some of that stuff, it's like, you know, what are the things like uh, if you want to get more in depth with like cosplay and, you know, some of those other things and, um, you know, your history with them and how do you feel like they kind of fit in, um, you 
like it, it sounds like you kind of just like to cultivate hobbies and sort of you know geek out and you know get really into stuff so i guess yeah just highlight that other side of your life and the things that you're uh, geeking out about right now yeah it's kind of interesting because um so in i think it was like 2012 i was like I want to start a blog because I was in my first internship and I was realizing, oh my God, they're not letting me do anything or use any of my knowledge. It was very much like a, uh, oh, I don't know, um, log on to Facebook every day and check our notifications. Like that was my social media internship, mm-hmm. which I get it because it was my first one. But I was like, oh, if I want to implement any of the stuff that I'm learning, I'm going to have to have my own content that I can control. And so I'd always had interest in starting a blog, but I was like, oh, I'm not interesting enough. I don't do anything exciting. And I guess I just kind of got over that because I was like, but I need my own content so that I can experiment with stuff. So it was half like I want to start a blog and half like this is a portfolio piece, which is so like very me, very serious, like (laughs) (laughs) ulterior motive. But uh, it's, it's definitely a labor of love. I think a lot of people don't realize how much effort it takes to maintain a blog or any sort of Internet project because part of the job of the blog is to make it look easy, especially if you're like a lifestyle blogger, lifestyle YouTuber, like you're not, you know, making content to be like, oh, it's so hard to make content. Um, So that was really my first like foray into really exploring the nerd community at large online, um, which I found out it's got a different feel than in person, but they complement each other nicely. Um, I've always been a nerd. I've always gone to anime conventions since I was like 13. Um, But now it kind of feels like I can tap into that community online, which is really cool. Uh, and when I started realizing like, oh, I don't have to blog about fashion, I can blog about whatever I want to, that's when I started talking about cosplay and going to conventions and that sort of thing. And that's really um, more what I talk about now is like sort of geek lifestyle content. Um, so yeah, I guess it just kind of evolved organically from there. Like, oh, I want to experiment with editing video. So I did some stuff on YouTube or whatever things. Um, And now I don't get as much time to spend on that online persona, I guess, piece um, because I'm working so much and um, other life things have been crazy uh, for the last like couple years. So it's definitely not as big of a focus, but um, it's something I enjoy doing and it's something that I've always liked learning new things. So it's fun to expand my skill set in that way. and, And there's always something you can do better and I think I'll always return to blogging, even if uh, all the think pieces say blogging is dead. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's like most of where that comes from. And then obviously I do like binge Netflix and play video games and all that other generic nerd stuff as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into, you know, what you're reading and watching, listening and playing to and all that uh, a little bit later, anything that you want to, you know, highlight. But um, yeah, and I have to say for... uh, your cosplay stuff because I love Scott Pilgrim. Uh, <laughs> kind of thumbs up for your Ramona Flowers uh, cosplay. Um, yeah, because I think we, uh, yeah, like in a similar way, like these things that you do uh, with writing and those sort of things, it's like, uh, yeah, like I try to get into like a good habit with it. And it's sometimes I felt that like, oh, I'm not doing enough because like, a, you know, uh, I feel like I should be writing more, doing whatever. But like you said, it's like you haven't done it as much recently as you used to and like, you know, it could ebb and flow and stuff. But sometimes it's as much for yourself to like write and think about a thing and like, you know, put it out into the world in a way that, you know, maybe not, you know, everybody's reading, but has to be able to be understood by other people. So like, it it makes me think about things in a way that, 
I mean, I may not otherwise, you know, formulate ideas and, you know, research and, you know, look into things. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think there's something positive, uh, like sort of a journey I've gone through, I guess, with blogging and making stuff online is, um, now that, well, so when I was a student, when I was working contract and freelance work from home stuff, like I had a lot more spare time and it didn't feel like I did, but I think I could find pockets of time a lot more easily. Like, oh, I have 15 minutes between classes. I'll just finish up this blog thing I was doing because all my classes in my MBA were in the same room. So I didn't have to move. Um, or, you know, oh, I have, I have to work on this paper, but let me just take a break to edit these photos or whatever thing. Uh-huh. Whereas, now it's like I get home at a, like I'm working very nine to five. So it's it's like unlike anything else I've experienced before um, I started this job, which has been over a year. So I should really quit complaining. But it's just different and it's hard to adjust to. And I feel like I don't have those pockets of time as much. I can't just I, I, I would never like in the middle of the day be able to be like, oh, yeah, hold that thought. I just thought of something for my blog. Going to switch over to that. Um, but I've also embraced it a little bit more because now all my writing is a lot more intentional and a lot less um I want it to feel as least like my day job as possible so instead of having an editorial calendar and like oh I should publish around this content because that's what does well like now it feels a little bit more authentic to who I am it always has been but my goals with it have changed so it feels more natural when I do get the chance to write it's like okay well this is clearly something I wanted to say because I'm taking the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Writing less content and but better content is sometimes, yeah, you know, it's what feels better for me. Um, and yeah, I'm finding that kind of organic inspiration in your life, where it's just like this is yeah, like genuinely on my mind, or this is a thing that happened, and I want to sort of, you know, explore it a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just can kind of uh, kind of play around in a sandbox a bit. Yeah, if you kind of give yourself that little creative freedom and uh, space to do that like it's video it's photos writing uh, podcasting and any of that kind of stuff it's like you can build these skills that maybe you use maybe you don't you know and other uh, capacities and stuff but that's always been a, a driver for me as well is it like yeah i want to like play around with this tool like so i'm gonna you know use it for my blog or whatever um so yeah i guess that's all kind of like the stuff positively contributing to your life i guess do you have anything with like uh, the podcast maybe or with cosplay of just like how that stuff has specifically kind of, you know, those hobbies have positively contributed to your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've written before about cosplay and self-esteem. I think that's the biggest thing um, to me. I just had like this thing bouncing around in my head. Like I know there's something here because um, like many teens, I think I was really shy and really insecure. And it's not like those parts of me have completely gone away, but one thing I noticed helped kind of transform and let me really embrace myself a little bit more um, was doing cosplay. And I think it's because it's such a visual hobby. I think it's because um, you're teaching yourself a new skill, you know, whether you're learning how to sew, you're making a prop, you're just putting components of an outfit together. It doesn't really matter how complex. There's some value in seeing something tangible, something physical that you created. And that's also something I don't, I don't get the same satisfaction out of pushing publish on a blog post as I do something physical and something tangible. So like the skill part of it, but then also learning how to pose in photos and learning how to apply makeup if that's what you want to do. And like realizing that you can embody a character that clearly has some trait that you like because you're spending all this time and effort into becoming them. Um, I think there's something really powerful in being able to see yourself as someone that you idolize. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that really 
gave me this sense of like, oh, I can be whoever I want to be. Like, it's as easy as putting a wig on and all of a sudden I realize like, oh, I could dye my hair blue, which is a thing that may have happened. So, yeah, I think absolutely cosplay has been a very positive force in my life. And I can't say that it's always um, positive on the Internet. But, you know, for me personally, uh, it's been a great experience. And the stuff that random people say on the Internet doesn't really bother me as much as I thought it would. Because people always ask me that. I actually get a surprising amount of, like, emails and messages that are like, hey, I want to cosplay, but I'm worried that... I'm black and people are not going to be okay with me doing like a white character or whatever thing or, oh, I'm plus size, so I'm not sure am I allowed to cosplay. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. And people might say negative things, but it never felt as negative when people said things about my insecurities as I thought it would because they never comment on the actual content of your costume. They're never like, oh, wow, your hem really sucks. Did you do that with hot glue? They're just like, oh, you're ugly, which isn't, helpful Mm -hmm. like they clearly were gonna think that no matter what you were doing so you might as well have fun yeah um yeah that's great i definitely like uh and i i'm not crafty enough to make anything at this point i would have to (laughs) really invest a lot of time to build that skill so i'm definitely uh yeah i respect the the effort and the commitment and just like it's it's so cool to see people like you know uh make all those cool costumes and stuff but um yeah, and the people are great. Like the community in is is like a completely different different experience if you go to a con in costume versus not in costume. Mm-hmm. Um, like people from the actual like event will treat you differently. Like um, when I go to Comic Con in costumes, which I rarely do anymore because Comic Con is so draining, um, and I'm old. <laughs> uh, but uh, the years I've gone in costume, it's like oh, I get to meet the creators of the things I care about, or oh, we get to do this VIP event because they saw that we were in costume or whatever thing. So that's always really cool. And you meet other people that um, clearly care as much about you about whatever thing because they're dressed up too. So it's always, it's really cool to meet those people. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Well, I guess the last thing before we kind of move on. So you've been doing your podcast for a while. So I guess what's, what has that experience been like for you and kind of what, what has that given you personally? Yeah. Uh, so my best friend, Liz, uh, Liz Loxley, she is my co-host. Um, we have always lived kind of far apart. Like we met in college, but it was like the last semester for her in college. She was a little older than me. So we never like lived in the same city and hung out. Um, I moved to Austin immediately after I graduated and she was in, um, Wichita Falls, which is like North Texas. So it was kind of like, hey, we're having all these conversations. We could conceivably like record this. And I think it would be interesting to other people. And she's always wanted to try a podcast because she's been a fan since like podcasts were first created, basically. Um, And I was along for the ride. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, let's try it. And what I really like is that it's morphed and changed a little bit over the years, but it's given me a great excuse to talk to my best friend, like actually talk to her instead of just text because we're not phone people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always love podcasts that are like two best friends talking about whatever thing. Um, I think the dynamic is usually really fun. Uh, so it's nice to have that excuse and it's brought that into my life. I feel like we've gotten a lot closer, even though she was my best friend before. Uh, but also it, again, has you always meet interesting people when you do interesting stuff. Whether or not you think you're worthy of that, <laughs> it's another story, but that's uh, always been true, is like, if you wanna meet people that are doing cool stuff, you have to do cool stuff too. So um, it's connected me with other podcasters and with people who listen, and um, like 
one time we got invited to be on a podcast network that was just all goth podcasts. And I was like, no, we're fake goth. Like, (laughs) how did you find us? Um, So just it's really interesting to see where your message goes to and and the people that you meet. And um, it I feel I feel like, too, I've gotten it's just a different outlet, like with every different type of medium I've done work in. um, It feels different. And podcasting feels like you really know the person that's on the other end uh, because you're hearing their voice, you feel like you're connecting with them. So I feel like um, my friends and people that I know online, uh, I feel like we're connected on a different level because of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a huge advocate and fan of the medium and uh, yeah, it's been exactly the same for me. It just uh, helps to make connections. And I think, uh, yeah, the way you frame that, I think is a good way to to think about it because I think people have if they kind of do some soul searching, um, like their own unique thing to put out into the world, like in terms of like, if you want to meet people doing cool stuff, do cool stuff too. And, you know, you'll kind of be connected about that because yeah, like I, I love the unique, uh, things that people are able to, to create. And like, if they're writing about things that, you know, I don't have a lot of insight into it's, it's, you know, I want to see what their experience is like. And, uh, I think certainly at, at a certain point, yeah, it's like, you're not, needing to reinvent the wheel because I know um, what I've written about in terms of like uh, advice I've gotten about like creating a brand or like uh, if you're trying to like come up with an idea for something it's like mash up the things that you're into and that's kind of like you know you're remixing and kind of creating something uh, new by combining things that people are familiar with you know like um, so yeah it's like yeah yeah like if you think about any I don't know like YouTubers are such a great example for this because I feel like people follow people not for the actual articles or videos or whatever it is that they put out necessarily. Like that might be why you found the person, but you stick around because of their personality and because of their unique take on something. And um, I feel like something that people don't hear enough of is you do have a unique take, even if you don't think you do, uh, because your experience is inherently different from everyone else's experience. It's yours and it's your own and it's unique. So if you want to talk about something, even if it's been talked to to death, even if the topic is as generic as like, I want to run a video game review blog or whatever thing, like you can do that because you have a unique take on it. And I'm also a big believer in you have to do the thing to figure out what your voice actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you jump into something, it's going to be awkward and messy for the first couple times, but you figure out what you actually want to say, the more you, you practice and the more you try. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. And then I think, yeah, part of the recipe of kind of finding your, your voice is, uh, uh, you know, if you're podcasting or doing different stuff, it's like, just have a healthy diet of like kind of immersing yourself in the, in the creative art form, you know, like, so you'll, you'll see like, Oh, I like that piece. I like that. Cause again, that's sort of the, the remixing and kind of creating your own unique thing. Is that like, you've kind of put all the pieces together and like, okay, this is, this is my, uh, you know, this is my contribution. So, um, yeah, absolutely. All, all, all good stuff. Um, so I guess, yeah, in that vein of the, uh, the things that we're into and kind of grabbing our attention and consuming, you know, if you want to, name one of everything or just something that you're really into, but just like stuff that you're reading, stuff that you're watching, listening to, playing, anything that's uh, yeah, just grabbing your attention lately. Yeah, um, I feel like I would be remiss not to mention I play Overwatch basically every day and have since it came out last year, which mm-hmm. is uh, pretty pretty wild for um, a video game for to hold it my interest that long. Um, and then, so like Overwatch, love it. 
can't handle it. They keep adding updates and I love it. Um, I'm also really excited for Animal Crossing is coming out on mobile, which I think is just the best idea in mm. the world. Uh, Animal Crossing is like my all-time favorite game. I've cosplayed from it. Um, it's just, I love it. And on mobile, that's just like how the game was meant to be consumed. Uh, as far as watching, I'm watching Stranger Things season two. I'm a little behind on it because uh, I happened to be out of the country when it came <laughs> out and we wanted to like actually watch it. And um, when my fiance and I got back, we were just so sleepy all the time. We were like, I can't watch it now. I'll fall asleep. <laughs> so we like just started it. Um, of course, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are the big things. I mean, I, I was just in Japan, which is like, just reminded me how much I like anime um, like an embarrassing amount because all the nerd stuff there is like anime and manga and video game based and I was like oh I'm very familiar so if I have to recommend an anime it would be My Hero Academia very good it's about superheroes and going to a superhero high school and it's as fun as that sounds I hope I made it sound fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds great um, but yeah those are a few good recommendations yeah we're uh, about halfway through, uh, me and my wife, uh, Stranger Things season two. So uh, we're getting there. Uh, a couple episodes each night once we're uh, <laughs> once we're able and kind of get through all the other stuff we got to do. But uh, such is it's such so weird being life. an adult yeah. and like <laughs> not just being able to sit down at midnight when something comes out. <laughs> yeah, just like boom, like thirteen episodes done. Because like like I don't got to do shit in the morning. It's like no man, I gotta like wake up early and uh, yeah, I don't want to like fall asleep and then like you know because yeah. I, I, that would be the crazy thing is you like fall asleep and you know automatically plays and it's like damn it i slept through like three episodes and now it's stuck <laughs> on the like are you still watching like like well i gotta like, backtrack now um yeah and like yeah. i'm a weenie so after a scary thing i have to watch a not scary thing and then my bedtime is early because i have to get to work it's like totally different it used to not be this way i used to be like you know oh if you're on twitter while something is airing like that's on you like spoilers whatever like that's your fault, and now I'm very much like, come on, don't tweet spoilers. Like, <laughs> yeah, it'll be like a grace period for everybody, you know. Like it, it came out like I think less than a month ago. Like, it's like people gotta you know take their time because like it's like it's very much like it's a whole other like topic for another episode or whatever. But like because <laughs> like uh, that show, I feel like. Uh, I guess I wasn't really thinking about it with other shows, but it's like very much built for the streaming, like the way that they do the cliffhangers. Cause it feels like sometimes it just like interrupts something where it's like, that would kind of like, it would just go to the next scene, but it's like, well, technically it kind of is, it's all just like one package. It's not like, a yeah. you know, weekly, you know, sort of serving. It's just like one cohesive story that kind of sometimes will just cut off when somebody like, walks into a door and it's like cliffhanger like go to the next episode it's like damn yeah it, it feels like every episode feels like a like a mid-season finale or something like yeah. and I, I did a paper on netflix and big data and how they use big data to drive the decisions and their programming in college and it was one of my favorite papers because i had the subtitle um big data big problems <laughs> uh <laughs> but I, I think it's so fascinating that they release things all at once and they they know they use all these little data points like where someone pauses and where you back out and never go see that episode again or whatever and they decide like okay well using this information like how do we decide um what content to put out okay they were clearly bored by this type of scene let's not do that again and whatever thing and i just think that's so interesting and they've definitely with stranger things to nailed it because i cannot stop watching like it's it's hard to put it down every day mm-hmm Yep, yep, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, feel I like love it. it. I think yeah. this is like a, such a positive, like 
so with marketing, people are always like, oh, you're brainwashing people. Like, that's what you're doing. And I'm like, no, I'm just, the goal of marketing is to try to see what people want and show them how the thing you have gives that value to them. And that's exactly what Netflix has done is they've manufactured the perfect thing that you want. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could be doing a lot worse things with, the, you know, any sort of like data gathering technology. I feel like that's kind of like where we're at right now is just like, yeah, like, you know, with big data comes big responsibility kind of thing. If you want to do another <laughs> catchy subtitle sort of thing. Like, you know, I love cause, it. It's like, yeah, like they're just serving up entertainment to us with like their analytic tools and whatever. It's like, you know. Other other entities are not being so nice with that kind of stuff, but um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, they could do a lot worse. But um, yeah, and I feel like because I've been watch, or, uh, I've been playing uh, Heroes of the Storm, and uh, again, maybe this is another like data analytics thing. And they're you know they're being very intentional. Is like playing that game, it makes me want to play other Blizzard games more. I'm like, I haven't played Overwatch yet. I'm like, maybe I want to check that out. And like, I, you know, I was playing that game. I'm like, oh, they had Starcraft Remastered came out. And I'm like, oh, I should probably get that. I loved that game back in the day. And I'm like, <laughs> after playing that, I'm like, oh, I should play Starcraft. And I'm just like, what are they doing to me? Yeah, um, you get stuck in the like the Blizzard ecosystem. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've only played Heroes of the Storm because they offered like a special Overwatch skin a couple times and that's literally the only reason I have the game but I've played it since then and I'm like what is happening I don't even really this isn't my type of game and I'm here <laughs> yeah you're just like blackout and it's like what am I doing what um, this again <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah here's the storm I feel like it's definitely it's bad for that it's like because for me it's sometimes it's like I only have a brief moment of time to play something so it's a little like bite-sized chunk just to like like oh let me just like play a quick game you know it takes like 30 minutes sometimes so yeah, yeah. But, um, Overwatch yeah. also has short match times, which is bad for me. I don't know if you saw this, but they just released a new map for Overwatch. It's coming out soon. Um, they unveiled it at BlizzCon, and it is Blizzard World, and it's literally like a Disney World style map, but each area is it's like Blizzard themed, so it's all mm-hmm. the different Blizzard mm-hmm. IPs. Yeah, yeah, because I think like that... <laughs> that is my jam. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's really cool. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so, but it'll just make you want to play all the other games. Right, right. They they know what they're doing. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess we will we will end on a positive note. You know, uh, obviously have some of the, the holiday trips coming up and that sort of thing we already talked about. But you know, maybe it's a uh, the release of something that's coming up or something else cool coming up with your job or um, just anything that you are looking forward to in your job, in life, or in the world. Uh, just to end the episode on a nice uh, optimistic note. Yeah, I love that question. It's a good question. Um, I feel like I would be in trouble if I didn't say I'm looking forward to my wedding, which... uh, (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) We don't have a date or anything yet for all those people that will inevitably ask. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's just the process of planning. It's really exciting. I'm excited to spend some more time with the people in our bride and groom party and my mom and, and, you know, my family and things like that. So that's exciting. And then... uh, also, the thing I'm most immediately looking forward to is Animal Crossing on mobile because that's coming out end of month, and I keep like checking my phone, like, is it the end of the month? Is it the end of the month? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be bad actually for me probably, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, depending on how you look at it, it's like it's gonna be a great game. So that means it's gonna be awful for my time management. <laughs> but <laughs> I is, think uh... I think it's one of those like mobile games where you can only play for like a couple minutes at a time anyway. So I'm hoping it won't be like right. interrupting my entire life. But I would also I would let Animal Crossing interrupt my entire life. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's uh, that's all good stuff. And yeah, I 
a couple of months ago just had our uh, wedding and yeah it's a it's a fun thing to to plan and you know it can be stressful at times but then it's like an amazing day and then yeah, you're just kind of setting off on the kind of the rest of life's journey there so it's definitely a, a good thing to look forward to i wish you luck with all the planning and all that oh um, thanks so much and congrats to you too yeah thank you um but yeah i mean that is where we will uh, wrap things up here again i appreciate you so much uh, for taking the time out here and uh sharing all the goodness that you did and uh, we'll have all the stuff that we talked about here in the, in the show notes and ways for folks to connect with you and um, yeah again I, I thank you for the for the time and just have a uh, good rest of your night yeah absolutely thanks so much for having me on thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast please rate review and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode thanks again for listening and i'll see you in the next episode of the higher ed geek podcast <laughs>